Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Sixter, allowing marketers to automatically inject clickable images called campaigns into every one of their employee email signatures to promote their company's most important initiatives or content. Now, here are your hosts from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Content Pros Podcast. I'm really excited to be joined by Jeffrey L. Cohen today. Thanks, Chris. Jeff, great to have you on the show. Um, you know, Usually, as we all know, we're, we're all in different parts of the world when we do these podcasts, but um, you know, in, in a sense, you and, and Chris work very closely together at, at uh, Oracle Marketing Cloud, but uh, go figure, you're probably not in the same room today. Uh, but maybe you can uh, you know, tell everyone a little bit about what you and Chris work on together on a day-to-day over at Oracle Marketing Cloud to get us kicked off. Well, thank you. Thanks, Randy, and thanks, Chris, for having me on the, the podcast. I'm really excited to be here, excited to talk about content marketing, both in general and some of the things that we're doing at Oracle Marketing Cloud. In, in general, to answer the question of, of what we're doing is we're, we're following the basic tenets of B2B content marketing, where you start with a blog, the blog is the hub of your content strategy. You answer questions that your customers and prospects might be looking for, trying to provide value, trying to make marketers better at their jobs, but also convey some thought leadership as, as we're talking up market to executives, not just, not just practitioners. And every, every blog post actually has a call to action to download another piece of content. And it's, it's pretty simple and straightforward. Marketers for years have spent all this time and all this effort, resources, et cetera, to get in front of people. And what happens so often is a company starts a blog, they start gaining a little bit of traction, whether it's through search or social, by answering those right questions, providing that value. But what happens is a, a reader comes to the end of the blog post and there's nothing for them to do. So it's really important. You could call this a, a content marketing best practice, but it's, it's way more than just a best practice. It's what you have to do. So you have a blog post, and at the end of every blog post, you have a call to action, again, leading someone to a form to download another piece of content. In other words, something that's interesting, something that's uh, relevant, related to the post they just read, and something that they are willing to say, here's my email address. I know you're going to continue to email me, but this piece of content sounds, sounds interesting. I want to go ahead and download it. Well, Jeff, I think there's a good follow-up there because, like you were hinting at, this is a very demand-driven culture that we work in, and I know that one project you've been leading, I'd love for you to talk about that a bit, but the most controversial piece is there is an asset that is ungated, which for some cultures, that's unheard of. Now, others, they'll put anything out ungated, but maybe you could talk a bit about what you've been working on, the piece that's um, launching, and maybe 
you know, the reasons to have an ungated piece and how that works together to drive demand. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a great question. Thanks, Chris. Basically, we we are in a culture, we're in a culture that, as you said, is demand driven. Part of part of the core of the Oracle Marketing Cloud is Eloqua. Eloqua is a marketing automation tool. So what that means is we use our own tools, and this is not like that whole social media thing, eat your own dog food, drink your own champagne, whatever you want, whichever analogy you prefer. Personally, I prefer champagne over dog food. But this is, this is an idea of because our tool does this, our culture has grown up around we create lead forms, we drive people to landing pages, and we collect leads, and in fact, our metrics are focused on generating marketing qualified leads. That's, that's what we as a marketing organization are tasked to do. So to all of a sudden say, we're going to create this asset, create, create this ebook, this piece of content, this valuable piece of content that our prospects and customers are going to be very interested in, but we're not going to gate it. And the idea behind that is there certainly has been a long-standing debate in, in the content world. I guess we call it the content marketing world now. I, I guess it's soon we'll just call it marketing. But there, there certainly has been a long-standing debate in the marketing world of should you gate your content or should you provide it for free? And I continue to see good answers on both sides. So for instance, the, the, main reason, the main reason to have your content ungated is people will share it. It's much easier for people to get. There's, there's no cost, cost being cost of email address generally, your contact information. And so people are more likely to look at it, more likely to consume it, more likely to share it. The flip side is we are in a culture where at, at the end of the day, no matter how many times somebody says, you must act like a publisher, businesses have to become publishers, that's not where the money comes from. <laughs> and this is, it's, an, it's a pretty interesting distinction because we can act like publishers all day long, but until we sell software, we're not really creating a sustainable business. So on some level, we have to get to a place, we have to get to a place where people are expressing interest in what we do, raising their hand and saying, yes, I'm interested in either learning more about the stuff you're publishing or learning more about ultimately about the products and services that you offer. And to do that, you have to give them a mechanism to say, yes, I was here. Yes, I'm interested in what you're talking about. And that, that is a gated landing page with a form so that they can give you their information. And, and clearly, this, this dichotomy between those two ideas has to do with the number of times people are going to view, read, consume, share your content. 
And with this whole, oh, I, I think this is going away a little bit, but the idea of, oh, we've got to create something that goes viral. And anybody who's been in the, the content marketing space for a while, you just cringe when people say that. I, th I, think the, I think the idea of thinking, oh, we're going to create something and it's going to go viral has probably gone away for the most part. Cer certainly it's not a big thing that people think about in the B2B space, which is where we are. But the idea here is by saying, I want to use a, create an ebook that's going to be ungated. I am essentially using this ebook, this fully formed, complete ebook, as a promotional tool, as something that can get shared, as something that can get much more wide distribution, so that it drives people to the gated piece. There are, there are links throughout both pieces, and I'll talk about the piece in just a second. There, there are links throughout, throughout this ungated piece that drive people to the landing page so that, so that, yes, they can then fill out that form, say that they're interested, raise their hand, and we can, uh, we can evaluate whether they are actually a prospect for our software or Maybe they're just somebody interested in our content, and that's that's okay. That's actually uh, something that you want as you as you grow your audiences. So, Jeff, before you get to, to, to the piece and and you know go too much deeper, I want I wanted to stop on on a point that you made because I, I think you're nailing this you know controversial issue almost, and it's it's almost silly that it's controversial, but you know it's almost reached the point where it's it's almost. You know, it's it's almost it's like, what's your opinion? You know, it's like, right. what's your opinion on this controversial topic? It's it's like, what do you not bring up at the dinner table, right? And it's <laughs> it's it's funny. I mean, I'm sure you and Chris go through this well when you're bringing people on your team. It's it's almost interesting to know their opinion of gate versus non-gate. And and I, you know, I ask that question often when we're interviewing someone to bring on to our marketing team. And I had someone actually push back with, with a, a good question. I'm wondering what your opinion on is, uh, on, on this answer. And the, the question that they kind of threw back was, it really depends on if you're looking at format versus channel, right? And what they were getting at is, you know, a lot of us say, okay, well, it's an ebook, so we should automatically gate it. Where it's a blog post, you know, God forbid that we gated a blog post. Blog posts always have to be free to consume. And but then on the on the flip side they said but you know what then happens if you have you know that ebook living within say a uh, you know a, a channel on LinkedIn where you know you're consuming content in LinkedIn or Twitter we naturally expect each asset that we engage in to be almost you know free to engage with so you know when when you kind of been making this more controversial decision with, with your asset lately, you know, did you look at channel at all or did you purely look at asset? I, the, way I, the way I see that distinction, my, I guess my answer to your question, is I think about type of asset versus channel because the way to, the way to think about this really is you create something that lives in the middle. And I talked about a moment ago the, the blog as the hub. And it, and it really is 
but there's another view of content where the ebook is the hub, and I, I guess Jay Bear talks about this from the idea of atomizing your content. And so if you have your if you have your gated piece at the center, everything else you do around it is ungated but is derived from that and drives people back to it. So for instance, blog posts are easy, we all understand that. You can excerpt the bits of the ebook, maybe it's maybe it's a chapter, and if someone's paying attention, if you actually published four or five blog posts that were chapters from the ebook, guess what? They actually got the whole ebook for free on your blog over the course of a month rather than exchanging their email address. But when I think about pieces of content sort of taking this further, in infographic, occasionally you see people who gate infographics. That's kind of silly. I've seen people gate I've seen people gate videos. And sometimes that would be like maybe it's a, a case study or testimonial video and they think because it's further further down the funnel that it's okay to gate it because we really need to know who they are if they're interested in customer ideas. But but back to the specifics, I think it really is an idea that it's driven it's driven by content type because when you look at this idea of atomization of your content across the different channels, you pick up little pieces and you drop them, you drop them onto the appropriate channels in the appropriate way. So for instance, an entire ebook embedded on LinkedIn might not make sense, but if you take the ebook and you create an eight-slide deck to go on SlideShare that has some key points for it and whets someone's appetite for what's in the ebook, maybe you maybe you embed that obviously very easily in SlideShare, or I'm sorry, in LinkedIn. So it, it, the way I look at this really does come down to, really does come down to content type versus channel. Well, Jeff, I guess to follow up there, you know, you were handing at the asset and having a bit of behind the scenes knowledge, knowing that one piece is predictions based and one is kind of summary based. Could you talk to how you made the decision for which of the two should be gated and which should be ungated and maybe a little bit behind that strategy? Sure, absolutely. So as, as Chris just spoiled my big explanation for what this content piece, and those were air quotes you just heard that we've been talking about, essentially what, what we did was we said, okay, it's, it's the end of the year, and everybody does predictions. And lots of people do crowdsource content, and we're going to take these two ideas, bring them together, reach out to global marketing experts. And incidentally, we started doing this in August, just to give you some, some behind the scenes of, of how the sausage is made. I don't know why I just said that. I hate that expression. But, <laughs> but back in August, we reached out to marketers all over the world, influencers, customers, partners, and we, we actually asked them two questions. And we said, go ahead and tell us what 2015 looked like in modern marketing. Talk about any, anything that you're close to, whether it's, 
whether it's marketing automation or mobile or content or video or what did what did 2015 look like to you but the kicker is you have to you have to share a data point that influences a published statistic or data point that influences why you're giving that answer and the second question was in in the same manner tell us what 2016 looks like what what do you think is going to have the most impact in 2016 and again we asked them to share a data point that helped inspire their prediction or inform their prediction or point to their prediction and and the reason for having data there is as someone who has made predictions year after year of what the the coming year looks like I know that very often I am taking these predictions and yes they're they're based on what I've seen and conversations I've had and things like that but sometimes it's just kind of pulling stuff out of the air and so this way we're actually making a, we're making a larger point that as marketers we need to make our decisions based on data not just a not just a gut reaction so so by forcing them to say this is a data based prediction it it in it definitely makes that larger point but so then when we had we had, when we had all the the answers from people we like i said we asked two questions what did 2015 look like and what did 2016 look like and we started strategizing how we were going to put this together and i and i realized that the thing that everybody really wants the thing that is more valuable i guess again that those were the air quotes you heard i don't know what how we how it is we speak a different way when we say air quotes but I do it um, so when we said the predictions this predictions ebook is going to be more valuable so let's take what they shared with us take what we call the the summary of 2015 and take the predictions for 2016 and separate it and let's make two ebooks and once we did that once we made that decision it was pretty easy to say okay we know that there is this debate in the world let's actually see what happens let's try to prove this out gated versus ungated and what's what's interesting about this is we actually work in a very demand driven culture as i said our one of our main metrics for our marketing organization is marketing qualified leads so so I can't just go I can't just go with this idea and say we're gonna do an ungated asset and we're just gonna put it out there and let it go free it it actually only makes sense in the context of our world where I can say yes we have this gated asset we decided that the predictions piece is going to be more valuable more valuable to our prospects customers readers etc so that's going to be gated we're we're going to treat this exactly like we're going to treat this exactly like any other ebook that we do it's it's going to have a gated landing page it's going to have a a full 
demand generation, nurture send, all those things that we do, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get the, the banner ads, it's going to go on the website, and all, all the standard things that a standard piece of content will get. But oh, by the way, in the package of things that are going to promote it, and that package of things normally is something on SlideShare, a bunch of tweets, a bunch of Facebook posts, LinkedIn, LinkedIn updates, blog posts, all, all that normal stuff, we're also going to have a second ebook. And that second ebook is going to be promoted primarily on the blog and social, but in, in a manner that's almost as equal as the gated piece. Because this piece itself, this free send it out and, and share it as widely as you want to, has plenty of links in it driving to our landing page. So it, it, it's going to be a really good test to try to understand this gated versus ungated. And, and my, my expectation is that we are, we are certainly going to try to share some of the results of, share some of the results of how this worked, how, how this gated versus ungated test, if you will, worked out. Is that, is that going to be a gated piece where you tell us or ungated? Uh, it will absolutely be <laughs> gated. It'll, it'll be gated and it'll have about uh, 27 fields on the form and, and some money, I think. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, I, I want to take a, a quick second just to, to thank one of our sponsors, and I want to dig a little deeper on what, what you just said. One of, the, one of the people that make Content Pros happen is Sigster, and, and I encourage everyone to take a look at Sigster, um, especially as we're talking about content and how it is becoming more and more part of emails and our ability to, to turn our emails into one of these channels where we where we distribute content. So if you go to Sigster, um, you can take a look at one of their uh, assets. They've created something called the Three Creative Ways to Unlock the Power of Email Signatures um, at bit.ly slash three creative ways. That's the number three creative ways. Um, and we will all be curious to know if that's gated or ungated. You'll have to go to check out. But um, I want to I wanna actually go about five minutes back on something you said because, you know, you, you said it kind of in passing, but it was really interesting where you said, you know, content marketing, but really, you know, it's marketing, you know. And I, and I think you also said earlier that there's this, you know, talking about the debate of whether to gate, we always end up thinking about content marketing as a true demand gen effort versus uh, earlier in the season, Chris, if you remember, I think we had Tommy Walker on and, and he was talking about how, uh, you know, there's different reasons why we should create content. Sometimes it's purely for engagement, sometimes it's for retention, sometimes it's to make the actual sale, and sometimes it is lead generation. So. You know, how do you how do you kind of change that norm in your in your mind, Jeff, in terms of getting people to think about content at different stages of the journey? Because when I hear what you talk about with the predictions, um, you know, being the next step in the journey, whereas the you know the retrospect is is really more that engagement. How do you how do you change the way you start to plan content for those different stages? It, it's a pretty interesting pretty interesting question, Randy. Because even though, even though we think about content marketing 
from a from a lead gen perspective, if you were to ask most B2B companies what content marketing tactic they spend like they do the most of, and I'm not actually looking at data, so so I'm I'm going against my own recommendation, but I I suspect I suspect things like social posting to social networks and blogging take up a whole lot more of their time energy resources from a content perspective than actually creating things that are behind a form so so in fact even though we all think about lead gen and as i said we're measured on that as a key metric we spend way way more time and effort distributing free content we just don't even we almost don't even think about if you post a blog post every day that's free content and from a percentage versus you know an ebook a month or an ebook a quarter or you know people who do two ebooks a year so so i i think i think when when you look at this question, it's actually a larger question because there is the whole funnel thing, journey thing, whatever, whatever metaphor, whatever metaphor you want to use today. And and as as I understand it, we're recording this late in 2015, and the show is going to air right in the beginning of 2016. So so that's the future, and in the future, I don't know what the next marketing metaphor is going to be so it we may we may actually be somewhere else besides the journey but but the idea of the idea of that was supposed to be a joke sorry uh, if anybody laughed I, I hope you did a little bit but <laughs> it, when you when you think about what prospects are going through and how they're trying to get to a purchase decision the idea of creating this basically creating this content awareness i mean that that's why the funnel people can say the funnel is dead but there's still there's still some value in thinking about you have to let people know about who you are and generally what you do and that's what that that's what all that free top of funnel content is about and you have to think about what their what their challenges are, what their business problems are, what what are things that what are things that you can help them solve at the most general level just from a we need to get in front of them. And as basically as they move along their journey, as, as they get closer to I think I'm picking some vendors. I think I actually may purchase something. That's where that's where some of this some of this content, as as people call it, continue to get more focused on actually get more focused on the product and the product and the customers. And it's a it's actually another weird it's another weird thing. Content marketing is all about top of funnel. But what happens is there's also a need there's also a need for smart, intelligent, valuable content as people get closer to your product. 
and and that's also something that we're we're starting to experiment a little bit with things that feel more like what we call content marketing but are product focused because there are stages of this journey where people where prospects actually need to know what your product does and they need to know if your product will indeed solve their problems Great answers there, Jeff, and thanks for shining some light on the gated versus ungated situation. I think everyone's talking about that, or at least thinking about that. Well, we are almost out of time, and we always like to close with the same question. And you have a very diverse background, Jeff. You're on B2Bsocialmedia.com. You've written a book. But what did you want to be when you grew up? So I have a really funny answer to this question, because when I was a kid, there was a, there was a Dr. Seuss book called All About Me. And in All About Me, it was a book where you obviously filled in all the answers to these questions of what was your birthday, what was your parents' birthday, things that you're interested in, what's your favorite color. And one of the questions was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And what I, when I filled out that page, I actually wrote that I wanted to be a sculptor. And to this day, I have abs I remember that that's what I put, but to this day, I have no idea why I answered that question that way. I had no interest in sculpting. I, I, at that time, I had never sculpted anything. I never even carved a turtle out of soap. I never even got that far. And later in life, I never, ever had any interest in sculpting. So for for some reason, when I was about... I guess when I was about eight or nine, I answered the question that I wanted to be a sculptor, but I really never, I really never wanted to be a sculptor. <laughs> so that, that's the nice. best I got for what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> oh, you see, I wanted to be a doctor, and then I backed away because I thought it was too much school, and then I ended up going back for my MBA, so I did six years anyway, so I was almost there. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us, Jeff. I, I learned a ton. It's always great talking with you. Even though we are nearby, half the time we don't chat or see each other as much as we should. So thanks for joining Content Pros. Everyone, if you'd like to follow more podcasts, you can join us at contentprospodcast.com. You can follow us on iTunes or Stitcher. On behalf of Randy Frisch from Uberflip, I am Chris Moody from Oracle Marketing Cloud. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Oracle Marketing Cloud, Uberflip, and by Sixter, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast Imaging by Audio